Life Audio. The I Don't Care game. Anybody ever played this one? I don't care. Whatever you want. Nope, doesn't bother me. I don't care. That's fine. Women are specialists at this. <laughs> I don't care. Nope, that's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Life's fine. God's fine. Everything's fine. I'm fine. It's the I don't care game. It's really a game of apathy. Way, way, way back when. I'll link to this in the show notes. We had an episode about apathy, one of the relationship killers. Y'all got to listen to that one. Apathy will destroy your relationship like nothing else. Hey, hey, everybody. It's Dana Shea, and you're listening to Real Relationship Talk. Thank y'all so much for being here today on this episode. We have been hitting some pretty hard topics lately. If you listened to last week's episode, which I'm going to refer to a lot in today's episode, you know that I did not soften the blow. I did not hold back. And it is because I want you and your relationships to thrive. I have met too many single people who are struggling in relationships, making the same mistakes, relationship after relationship after relationship, because they're not learning their patterns. They're not learning what they're doing wrong. And likewise, there are a lot of married couples who are just unhappy. And it doesn't have to be this way, you all. So the whole reason that I started Real Relationship Talk three years ago was to really be a resource, not an expert. I don't know everything. And I'm, you know, honestly, I'm in the trenches with you guys. I'm married. Yes, my husband and I have a great relationship. But a lot of the things that we talk about on Real Relationship Talk, I have personal knowledge of. So today we are going to talk about something that whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're in between relationships right now, you have likely experienced in your life. You may have been on the player side, or you may have been on the spectator side, the receiving side, right? There are some people who just, for whatever reason, like to play games and relationships. So we are going to spend the next several minutes together talking about seven relationship games people play. And then I'm also going to give you seven responses for getting out of the whole crazy relationship game cycle. All right. Are y'all ready? Let's dive in. All right, my friends, you know, I don't like to waste any time. I want to jump right in because we have a lot of ground that we're going to cover today. So One of the things that I was thinking about when I was thinking about what we were going to talk about in this show was there's a specific couple that I have in mind. I'm not coaching this couple. They're just um, acquaintances of mine. And this particular couple, they're always like at each other's throats, just always in conflict. There's always something going on in their relationship. And it's quite comical to me because I can tell that they really do love each other. But for whatever reason, they just cannot get along. Have you ever met a couple like that, right? They just cannot seem to get it together. And as I've observed this couple over the years, I have noticed so many games that they play. And I've been very vocal with them. If they're listening right now, they know who they are. And I have been very vocal with them about some of the games that they play in relationships. And so some of these are some of the games that I've seen them play. And then some of the games that I'm going to share with you are games that I've just observed, maybe even I've participated in in my own relationship. So first of all, what is a relationship game? Some of us have different concepts or ideas about that. Some people think that, oh, it's fine to play games in your relationship, right? I think it's fine to play games in your relationship too, if it's like Uno and Phase 10. But when you're playing with people's emotions, when you're playing with people's hearts, people get hurt and people get misunderstood 
And that's when things go really wrong in relationships. And it doesn't have to be that way. I don't think that it's ever appropriate to play games, to play relationship games in your marriage or even in your dating relationship. There's so many more mature ways that we can actually address our problems, our issues, our concerns, other than playing games. So as you saw, the title of this episode, Our Tricks Are For Kids. Y'all remember the cereal we used to eat as kids and Tony the Rabbit was on the front. What's his name? Tony the Rabbit. Or am I thinking about Tony the Tiger? I'm thinking about Tony the Tiger and Frosted Flakes. I forget what the rabbit's name was, but he used to say, silly rabbit, tricks are for kids, right? Tricks are for kids. Tricks are not for adults in relationships. So we're going to talk about some of these games, some of these tricks that people play. And as I share these games with you, again, you might be like, oh, shoot, I do that one all the time. Or you might be like, yep, that has definitely been a game I have been uh, an, an, um, a participant of, unwelcome participant, didn't know that I was being invited into this game until I found myself in it. So let's go ahead and jump right in. The first game I think that people play in relationships is the read my mind game. Anybody familiar with that one? Read my mind. I'm not going to tell you what I'm thinking. I'm not going to tell you what I want. I just expect you to know. So I'm going to have to pick on my husband for a second because this is one of Sean's favorites. And I tell him all the time, I am not a mind reader. I cannot. I know that I can do lots of things. I have many talents, but one of them is not reading your mind, okay? And so he'll he'll do something like this. We'll be laying in the bed at night, and he'll be like, man, it is so hot. Oh, it's so hot in here. And he'll just say it like over and over, right? What does he really want me to do? He really wants me to get up out of my cozy bed, out of my side, and go downstairs and turn the AC down. But instead of just asking, I'm supposed to read his mind. Or he'll be like, oh, my goodness, today was such a hard day. Oh, oh, my goodness, my body hurts so bad. Oh, my goodness, I'm so sore. I'm so sore. Um, What do you need, sir? The read my mind game is I want you to massage me. Now, that's like innocent stuff, right? Laugh, you know, we laugh about it. It's not a big deal. It's not hurtful. It's not harmful. But when you get into this habit of wanting your spouse to read your mind or your partner to read your mind, it can become harmful. You know, if there's like a big problem that you all are facing and you refuse to talk about it because you just expect that they should know. We talk about ask, not assume so much on this podcast because a lot of times in relationships, people will assume you should know why I'm angry. You should know why I'm upset. You should know what you did to make me mad. You should know. You should know. You should read my mind. And this is a game, you all, that does not end well. Instead of expecting your partner, your spouse to read your mind, tell them what you want. I know, it's revolutionary, right? It's crazy. It's high-level stuff. Tell them what you want. Hey, you hurt my feelings when you said that the other day. And we need to have a conversation about that. Instead of, you know, thinking that they're just supposed to remember their infraction, maybe they don't. Like, honestly, maybe they didn't even mean anything by that comment. Maybe you're making something more of the situation because, again, you're expecting them to just know how you feel. You're expecting them to know what gets you upset. Don't do that. So let's stop playing the read my mind game. Number two, the playing hard to get game. Mm. Now, this is not just a singles game. Married people do this too. The plan hard to get game. 
you haven't had sex with your husband in two weeks and you know that that man is is wanting to have sex, okay? And you're just like, I'm going to play hard to get. I'm going to tease him, but then I'm not going to do anything tonight playing hard to get. If you're on the single side, you know, you can play hard to get when you see somebody that you like or you can tell that somebody likes you and you kind of start out this relationship and maybe you start texting or you start hanging out or whatever it is and then you pull back. You're playing hard to get. No reason. Nothing bad happened in the relationship. You're just playing a game because you feel like this is going to make you more appealing to them. Newsflash, it doesn't. Playing hard to get is not cool. Maybe when we're like in fifth grade and you run up to the little girl and you kiss her and you run away. Again, this is child's play, right? When we're adults, we don't have to play these games. We don't have to play hard to get. If you're interested in somebody, act like it. Tell them. Pursue. But let's stop the playing hard to get game, okay? It's not cute, y'all. Can we leave that back in 2022 and beyond? Elementary school. Okay, number three, the silent treatment game. Guilty, guilty. Y'all have heard me talk about this before. If you are an avid listener of this podcast, I specialize in the silent treatment. It is not good, and I know that. And let me tell you something about the silent treatment. The silent treatment can be just as harmful as you yelling and screaming at your partner. Sometimes it can actually be worse because at least when you're yelling and screaming, I'm not advocating for that, by the way. Okay, let me just disclaimer. Okay, that's not appropriate in a relationship. But at least when you are communicating, your spouse knows what's wrong with you. When you are giving the silent treatment, they have no idea. They don't know if you are going to suffocate them with a pillow that night. They don't know if you are grief stricken and you're going to burst out in tears. They don't know if you're just angry. They don't know if you're really okay. I mean, they don't know because you've completely gone silent. And I am speaking as a recovering silent treatment expert. <laughs> um, I know for me, I can't speak for everybody else, but for me, a lot of times I'll give the silent treatment because I'm like processing my feelings. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out if I really want to make this a big deal or if I need to get myself together. Like, honestly, that is what I'm thinking. Do I need to just get yourself together, Dana? Or am I going to, nope, mm -mm, I'm going to make this one a big deal. And so sometimes I won't talk. Sometimes I'll get angry. I'll get hurt. And it's vulnerable to say I'm hurt. So oftentimes we won't talk. We won't share how we're really feeling because it makes us vulnerable. But let me tell you that the silent treatment is not productive. It actually causes a disconnect and it can even cause resentment in your relationship. I'm doing a lot better. I wish Sean was on this episode because he could he could tell you guys I'm doing better with this. I don't I don't do this as often. I'm not gonna sit here and lie and say I still don't do it. I still do it sometimes, but I don't do this as often. So stop playing the silent treatment game. All right, friends. Well, I hope that you are enjoying this episode. We are going to take a quick break from a word from our sponsor. But before we break, have you subscribed to the Real Relationship Talk podcast yet? If you haven't, I want you to hit the follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening. Thanks so much for listening. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, we are back, you guys. Okay, so so far we've talked about these relationship games. We've talked about the playing hard to get game, the read my mind game, the silent treatment game. Number four, <laughs> the pretending to be mad game. Has anybody ever played this one? Has anybody ever been reeled into this game? The pretending to be mad. You're not really mad. You're a little upset or maybe a little annoyed. So you're going to pretend to be mad. You're going to take your real emotions, which are probably like a level two or three, nothing too serious, and you're going to exacerbate them. You are going to act like you are level 10 or a nine even, and you're going to pretend to be mad. You're going to bring up things from the past. You're going to uh, take shots at your partner. You are going to maybe ignore their phone calls, ignore their texts, go to bed early, stay up late, whatever it is, you're pretending to be mad. Why do people do this? That is a good question. I do not know. I don't play this game, okay? I don't understand this one, to be honest with you. If you are a pretending to be mad gamer, you should reach out to me on Instagram and explain your logic. Help me understand. This is why I ask my clients sometimes. Help me understand. Why do people pretend to be mad? I think that instead of, again, this is all about vulnerability, you all. Instead of us being vulnerable and just saying like, you know what? That comment that you made wasn't okay. You know what? Um, you told me that you were going to be somewhere at 630 and you didn't show up until 7. Like, that's, that's not cool. So instead of us just being vulnerable and honest and just having conversations, we pretend to be mad. We make things a bigger deal than what they really even are to us. So if this is you, don't pretend to be mad. Don't try to make up problems. My goodness, there's couples out here that got a ton of problems. They will freely give to you. You don't have to make up your own. So let's stop the pretending to be mad game. All right? Number five, the I don't care game. Anybody ever played this one? I don't care. Whatever you want. Nope, doesn't bother me. I don't care. That's fine. Women are specialists at this. <laughs> I don't care. Nope, that's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Life's fine. God's fine. Everything's fine. I'm fine. 
It's the I don't care game. It's really a game of apathy. Way, way, way back when, I'll link to this in the show notes. We had an episode about apathy, one of the relationship killers. Y'all got to listen to that one. Apathy will destroy your relationship like nothing else. When you pretend that you don't care, but you really do, you close your heart off. When you actually start to not care, when things that should bother you don't bother you anymore because you've closed your heart off, or as Danny Silk says, you've turned your love off, this is not a good place to be. This is like a red flag, warning, danger, something is not okay in this relationship. So if there's something wrong with you, you got to be able to express that. And you have to be able to say, I'm not fine. That's not okay for you to keep on being irresponsible. Or it's not okay for you to keep telling me that you're going to do something and you don't get to it until three weeks later. I do care. So let's stop doing the whole, I don't care, it's fine. It's not fine. You do care. So let's learn how to be honest. All right. Number six, the I'm gonna make you jealous game. Y'all, like this is really literally high school stuff right here. I'm gonna make you jealous. And, and listen, singles, married people do this too. So you're at a, a company party with your spouse and your spouse did something in the car to irritate you. And you didn't want to get into it in the car because you knew that you were going to the company party. So you get to the company party and then you start <laughs> laughing it up with Joe from accounting. The I'm going to make you jealous game. You're wanting to make your husband jealous or you're laughing it up with Keisha from the mailroom or whoever it is, right? I'm going to make you jealous. You're, whatever you did to me is not going to bother me because guess what? What you're really communicating, you know what you're really communicating. I can get somebody else. You want to act crazy? I can get somebody else. That's what that's communicating. And when you do that, you're playing with fire because one, you don't know what that other person's intention is. They might be like, ooh, they finally noticed me, even though they know you're married or they know you're in a relationship. And so you might be biting off more than what you can chew. You might be getting more than what you bargained for. The other reason that it's detrimental is because you sow insecurity in your marriage or in your relationship. Now your spouse or your partner can't trust you because every time we have a disagreement, you're flirting with somebody else. And I've seen this so often, y'all. It's crazy. Like, I literally see this with my own eyes. We don't do this in our marriage. I am honest and transparent with y'all. If we do stuff, I'm going to tell you that we do stuff. We don't do this from right here, okay? We're not trying to make each other jealous. We've been there through the whole infidelity thing. We have no, no desire to go back to any of that kind of stuff. So this is not something that we do, Sean and I. But this is something that a lot of people do where they would try to make their spouses jealous or their partners jealous. Don't do that. Like, why would you want your spouse or your partner to feel insecure? That's not cool. That's not loving. That's not good. That's not protecting your relationship. That's not loyal. So let's not like use other people. There's a whole nother aspect of it, right? You're literally using somebody else for your own selfish means. You're using poor Keisha in the mailroom who is like thinking that you're really into her and you're really not. You're just trying to make your girlfriend jealous. Or Joe in accounting who nobody ever talks to is like, oh my goodness, somebody thinks I'm attractive and you don't think he's attractive. You're just trying to make your husband jealous. So can we not do that? Let's not do that. 
All right, and then finally, number seven of these mind games um, or of these relationship games is the mixed messages game. The mixed messages game. I'm going to tell you one thing with my body language, but with my actual vocal language, I'm going to say something else. Do you all know that nonverbal communication accounts for 70 to 93% of all communication? So when we say something out of our mouths, we think that like that's the most important thing. That's not the most important thing. Your partner, the other person that you're in a relationship with, they're looking at your body language. They're looking at your nonverbal cues. So let's take it back a little bit to the whole, I'm fine. Every man knows when his wife says that, that she's lying, (laughs) right? You can see very clearly that she's not fine. So the mixed messages game is when we say something, but we mean something else, or we say something with our mouths, but our body is saying something else. This can be innocent. Like a lot of... um enablers will do this. Well, they will just kind of go along with whatever their spouse or partner wants. So they might not necessarily like want to go eat dinner at that place, but they're like, it's, yeah, that's fine. That's good. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go eat there. Mm -hmm. And then you get there and they're like, can't find anything on the menu that they like. They don't want to be there. And now the whole night is just awkward because now they're sending you mixed messages and it would be better If they would just say, I don't want to go to that restaurant. I don't like that part of town, whatever it might be. So the mixed messages game has got to stop. We have got to be able to match our inside with our outside. Your body is going to tell on you. (laughs) It just is. So, you know, Sean tells me all the time, like, what is wrong with your face? Like my facial expressions lie on me all the time. Or actually they tell the truth on me, real talk. And I'm the one that's not necessarily being truthful. So you have to make your insides match your outsides. Your body is going to tell on you. You're going to be stiff. Your shoulders are going to be slumped over. You're going to be, if you're lighter complexion, you might be blushing. You might be something in your body is, is sending a message that is different than the message that you're saying. So the mixed messages game, let's nix that. Okay, so I'm going to run down these real quick, and then we're going to talk about what should our responses be? What can we do instead of playing games, right? Because tricks are for kids. So number one, we talked about the read my mind game. Number two, the playing hard to get game. Number three, the silent treatment game. Number four, the pretending to be mad game. Number five, the I don't care game. Number six, the I'm going to make you jealous game. And y'all have to say it like that. It's not I'm going to make you jealous. It's I'm a. I'm going to make you jealous game. Okay, number seven is the mixed messages game. All right, so how do we respond to the shenanigans? What do we do? We're all adults here. And if you're a teeny bopper, a teenager listening to this podcast, good for you. Because it's going to save you a whole bunch of heartache and grief when you get into a real adult relationship. You can do this if you're 15. So you might find yourself on this list. You're a young person. You're like, oh, I do that all the time. It's appropriate for you. You're a child. I'm talking to mature adults. This is no longer appropriate, friends. Okay, so how do we respond instead? Number one, we have to learn how to have honest conversations. It's hard being honest, you all, because as I said earlier, when we are vulnerable and when we are honest, we kind of have to open up our hearts. We kind of have to say, like, I'm hurt. I feel left out. I feel unimportant. I feel like I'm not special to you anymore. That takes vulnerability. 
And sometimes it's hard to be vulnerable, but we have to be vulnerable. We have to be honest because one, that's what intimacy is all about. Intimacy means into me see. You can see the real me. I'm not holding back on you. I'm showing you who I really am. And then number two, honesty helps to move your relationship along. You're going to stay stuck if neither of you are willing to be honest or if just one person is willing to be honest. So have honest conversations. If it's like just too weird for you to do it in person, write a letter. You guys have heard me talk about this is again, years ago when we first started the podcast, Sean and I talked about this notebook that we used to do when we first got married because we could not communicate well. It just was horrific. So we started writing in this notebook, our thoughts and our feelings toward each other was like one of the best things we've ever done. Maybe you want to do that. If you just find it too like burdensome or too difficult to have honest conversations, but do something to move you along this spectrum because honesty is where it's at. Honest, vulnerable, real, authentic, genuine conversations. When you start doing that, all these games, you're not going to need them anymore. You don't need them now, but you're certainly not going to need them anymore because you're going to learn how to have those more mature conversations. All right. Number two, you need to decide what it is you want or who it is you want. Maybe you're in a dating relationship right now and you're not really convinced that you really want to be with this with this person. So you start playing games like I'm going to make you jealous or you start playing games like I don't care. Is that even who you want to be with? Like for real? Now, if you're married, <laughs> um we got to we answer we should have at least answered that question before the altar. So if you're married and you're like I don't know if I want to be with this person, it's kind of too Okay, so you're going to have to stick and stay. But you do need to decide what it is that you want. Like, what is it that you want? Some of us don't even know what it is that we're looking for in relationships. So we get into these relationships just one after another, after another, after another. We don't even know who we are. We don't know what we're looking for. We don't know what we like. We don't know what we dislike. We know what makes us irritable. We know, like, what makes us mad, but so many times we haven't actually taken the time to say, what is it that I actually want? Do I want affection or do I want to be left alone? Do I want my spouse to stop what they're doing when I get home from work and greet me? Or do I want them to hurry up and finish up and then we'll have the rest of the night together? What is it that you want? So you only can answer that for yourself. Nobody else can answer that for you. You have to ask yourself, what is it that I actually want? And then communicate that. This is what I would like. This is what would make me feel valued in this relationship. Okay, number three, get over past hurts. And I don't say that um, haphazardly. I'm not just like, get over it. That's not in the spirit of what I am saying. What I am saying, and if you listened to last week's episode, you know this. We talked about emotional baggage, relationship baggage. There's got to become, there's got to come a point where you decide, I'm letting the past go. The past from other relationships or even the past in your current relationship. There are things that have happened in your marriage. There are things that have happened in your relationship that you've not been able to let go. If you're going to move forward, you have to decide. You can't stay stuck. 
You can't just keep walking around in circles for forever and think that you're going to have a healthy, thriving relationship. It doesn't work that way. So you're going to have to decide which is more painful. The prospect of moving forward into a future with this person or letting the baggage of the past go. So I'm going to just let that one sit for a little bit and simmer. But you've got to be willing to let go of the past. Okay, number four. Learn how relationships work. Y'all, one of my dreams, I don't even know if I should say this on a podcast. It's so vulnerable. One of my dreams, honestly, is I want to start a relationship school. I want literally like you go to school and you take biology and chemistry and calculus and English 11 or whatever it is you're taking, right? Like in high school, I want to start a relationship school because people do not know how to do relationships. Think about it. When you are 16 years old, you have to go to behind the wheel and you have to take the classroom portion so you can know what the street signs are and like how to not run into the car in front of you. And then you have to take a test to get a driver's license. When you start a new business, you have to apply for a business license, right? You have to learn certain things about how to start an LLC, how to open up a business bank account, how to do your taxes, or you should. If you're a small business owner, you don't know what I'm talking about. We're going to have to have a conversation on another podcast, okay? But what I'm saying is that in life, there are these prereqs that we have to go through. But when you are in a relationship, there's no prereqs. You're just winging it. You're just figuring it out on your own. And you're learning from people most often who don't have the greatest relationships. Mom and dad love you. But sometimes our parents have not been the greatest example to us. And that's who we learn from. Now, if you grew up in a wonderful home with loving, kind, amazing parents who loved each other, you are blessed. You truly are blessed. Because there are many, many, many of us who did not have that experience. So we're just like winging it. We're just like figuring this thing out as we go. We're trying to adjust to different people that we've been in relationships with. We're trying to figure this all out. I want to start a relationship school. I think that there are some prereqs that you should have to take before you graduate to being engaged to somebody. This is why I am a huge advocate in premarital counseling, which I do, by the way. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking about married or getting married or you are engaged and you have not gone through premarital counseling, you need to um, look me up at danashay.com. I have got a whole page about premarital counseling. I would love to talk to you because it's so important, you all. I do not recommend, I won't marry a couple who has not gone through premarital counseling. I'm just not going to do it. It's just way too much stuff that you don't know about marriage. And you need to know that. But even for those of y'all who are not married or not thinking about marriage right now, there are some things about relationships that you need to know. All you have to do, other than listen to the Real Relationship Talk podcast, is Google. Everything that we need is literally available. Everything is figureoutable. Maria Forleo says that, right? You can figure it out, but you got to learn. Stop winging it. Learn what makes relationships work. Learn the keys of communication. Learn compromise. Learn what boundaries are. Learn these things so that your relationships can work. If you're a grown-up, you should be evolving in your emotions and in your mind. You should be learning, constantly learning, especially the most important thing if you're married. How do, how do I relate to my spouse? So this is my soapbox, literally. Learn. 
teach yourself, take a class, sign up for marriage coaching. Marriage coaching isn't just for couples who are doing bad. It's for couples who want to stay married. Do what you need to do. Learn how relationships work. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. Number five, set and enforce boundaries. When you are dealing with somebody who plays a lot of relationship games, you have to set some boundaries. You have to say things like, listen, love you, boo, but that's not, that's not cool. That's not going to work. Okay, you can't keep on giving me the silent treatment. You can't keep on playing the mixed messages game. I don't know how to read your mind. So if you continue to do that, we're going to be disconnected because I, I can't connect with you that way. You have to set boundaries and enforce them. I'm not going to teach you about boundaries because I talk about this all the time on other podcasts. Just search realrelationshiptalk.com. There's a search bar on my website. Type in boundaries and there's a plethora of information if you need help with that. Okay. All right. Number six, lead the way. This goes a little bit in alignment with boundaries, but when you are wanting to get out of the whole, like this person's playing games with me, you have to lead the way which means that you have to have some good relationship skills, which is why you need to read and learn and study about relationships. But you have to be able to lead the way. What is it that you want your relationship to look like? How do you want to be treated? How are you going to treat the person that you're in a relationship with? You have to lead the way. Don't just be passive. Don't just be a recipient of somebody's um, ill behavior toward you. Lead the way. Show them how it should be done. So I was kind of picking on my husband. And if, if, if I don't want him to um, make me read his mind, then that means that when I communicate with him, I need to communicate very clearly and directly. When I'm cold, which I'm always cold, I have to say, Sean, it's really cold in here. Would you mind turning up the heat? He's going to tell me no. Y'all, this is a, the, the fight. We don't have like big, huge fights. Me and Sean fight about temperature. Because he's always hot and I'm always cold. So if he's in a especially gracious day, though, he might be like, all right, I'll turn up the heat. Usually he's like, go get a blanket. I'm like, I have a blanket and a sweatshirt and I'm freezing. Anyway, I digress. You have to lead the way. You have to show your partner what it is that you want. How do you want to be treated? How will you be treated? Lead the way. All right. And then finally, get out. I know. I didn't even want to. I didn't even want to say it. I didn't want to say it, y'all, but I got to say it because it's true. If your partner is playing all these relationship games, like let's say you're listening to this and you're like, my partner plays all of them. This might not be the relationship for you. Now, you know, I'm going to say this. Those of you guys who have listened to this podcast, you already know what I'm about to say. Here's my disclaimer. If you're married, I am not talking to you. I do not advocate getting out of your marriage because your spouse gets on your nerves or because your spouse is immature and plays games. That is not, biblically speaking at least, a uh, relation or a, a viable reason to get divorced. Now, you might have to draw some boundaries. Absolutely. I absolutely recommend that. You may even have to disconnect for a season. And I'm not saying disconnect, like move out of your house but there might be some disconnection in your relationship. Okay, fine. But hear me, please. I am not advocating for you to get out if you're married. I'm talking about single people who are in relationships with folks who are playing a whole bunch of games and they're trying to make it work and they're trying, trying, trying so hard to make it work, but they can't make it work. This might not be the relationship for you. 
So going back to what my first or second tip was, I think, which was to decide what it is that you want. Is this how you want to continue to live your life? Because newsflash, it doesn't get better when you get married. Now they've got you. Now you're like under a covenant, right? It it doesn't get better. So you have to decide, is this what I want? Nope, this isn't what I want. So guess what? I'm going to have to get out of this relationship. But this is why I saved this for last, because there's so many other things that you can do first, okay? So getting out of the relationship should be like a last resort, unless, of course, the relationship is like toxic and emotionally abusive and like weird. Then let that be your first choice. Y'all, we have packed so much into this episode today. I hope that you have taken notes or that you have marked this episode, you've downloaded it so you can come back to it and refer to it later. Let me tell you how I want you to share this episode because you need to share this episode. One of y- Some of y'all right now are thinking my best friend, my aunt, my uncle, my parents, my children, everybody needs to listen to this. Share this episode and say, just in case anyone's playing relationship games with you, this is how you can respond. Do it that way. And then they won't think that you're talking about them. Like they're the one playing the games. Now, if it's your spouse, I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to pray for you. But maybe this is something y'all can listen to together. Okay? And just don't make any eye contact when you're listening to it. Just let the Holy Spirit do his work. How about that? All right, you guys. Well, thank you for being here today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for making it all the way to the end. Um, If you want the show notes of this podcast, you can find them at realrelationshiptalk.com slash episode 169. You'll find some of the episodes that I mentioned earlier in the show. And there's also going to be some resources. If you haven't gotten my Love is Devotional, this is a really pretty, it's so beautiful. I just want you to look at it. You don't have to buy it. Just look at it because it's just so pretty. But we work through First Corinthians 13 together and we talk about what is love. That's one of the things that you can do to learn about relationships. The Bible has so much practical, relevant, amazing relationship advice. Some of y'all be sleeping on the Bible. You need to open it up and read it. But anyway, the Love is Devotional. You can find that on my website. You can find um, the show notes on the Real Relationship Talk website. All the things that you need are there. So as we end every episode in saying, a good relationship isn't one that works. A good relationship is one where you put in the work. Let's get to work, my friends. I will see you on the next episode. Take care. Wow, you stayed all the way to the end. You, my friend, are the real MVP. Thanks again for listening to Real Relationship Talk. The show notes can be found at realrelationshiptalk.com. Have you subscribed to the podcast yet? If not, be sure to do that now. And may your relationships be uncomplicated as you build deeper connections. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care.